This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by WordStream, online advertising made easy. Look, it is so easy to waste time and money with online advertising. That's why you need tools like WordStream. Check it out at wordstream.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is David Jennings. He is the founder of System Hub and Systemology and also the author of a book also called Systemology. Create time, reduce errors, and scale your profits with proven business systems. So David, thanks for joining me all the way across in a whole other hemisphere. It's a pleasure to be here, John. Long-time follower of your work, so it's an honor to join you. Well, thanks so much. So we're going to talk about systems, and that's certainly my listeners have heard me talk about that. I mean, I, I've lost track of how many thousands of times I've said marketing is a system. But you really are, uh, I think, um, jumping into uh, the deep end of systems in in the small business. And so um, in your book, Systemology, um, you, you, in making the case for, you know, when and how and why people need systems, um, one of the first things that I came across was uh, kind of your stages of where businesses are in kind of dictates when they're ready for this, right? You know, a lot of times it's just like, how do I get my first client? You know, but but then at some point um, we need systems. So where, where when is that, 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 that a business is sort of mature enough to start thinking about documenting their processes? Yeah, the way I like to think about it is systems and processes is about duplicating what's already working. So that means you have to already have a little bit of traction. You have to have some results you have to have some clients and being able to deliver products and services that they love and they're happy to refer business and they come back to you. And oftentimes you've got some team members around you as well. So at least a handful of team members that can support in different parts of the business. Yes, the business owner might still be the bottleneck, but they at least have some support because systems give you that leverage. It's about capturing best practice. It's about knowledge transfer. And then it's about getting things delivered to a consistent standard. So I think if you've got some traction and you've got a few team members and you're in business for a little while, that's a good time to start thinking about systemizing. So a lot of people, you're certainly not the first person to talk about systems in business. Uh, you, we have a mutual friend, Michael Gerber, that many people uh, certainly know talked about systems for small business. Why isn't anybody doing it? Um, you know, or, or I, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people are doing it. But I certainly run across a lot of small business owners that have tried to do this. They get the idea, but they just can't make it work. It just ends up being an exercise that you know takes more time than it actually delivers benefit. Yes. The biggest reason is this uh, idea of systems and processes lives in the blind spot of most business owners. They are big picture thinkers. They see a problem in the world. They create a business mm -hmm. to solve that problem for their clients. They're hustlers. They move quick. They do whatever they need to do to get the business off the ground and grow it to a certain level. And then they deliver, develop a range of bad habits, um, <laughs> basically training their clients to always come to them if they've got questions, training their staff always to come to them if they've got questions. Everything revolves around them. And that behavior has gotten reinforced because 
your business is having a certain amount of success. You've grown the business to a certain size and it becomes that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy now where, okay, I've, you know, and then you read a book like this, the myth and you go, oh yeah, systems, I want to systemize my business. And then you start to do it and then you find, oh, I don't know where to start or I'm worried that my staff won't follow the systems even if I create them or systems remove creativity. All of this baggage pops up and you meet a bit of resistance and you weren't the best person in the first place to be creating the systems. And that, that's one of the reasons why they get stuck and perhaps the biggest reason. Yeah, I, I will say um, in my own experience, um, I've probably been the biggest problem in a lot of cases because I want systems, but I'm the first one to break the system. I'm the first one to go around the system. You know, I'm the first one to say that doesn't apply to me. So, so would you say that in order for a company to actually do this, there, there, there has to be somebody that has that different mindset than the entrepreneur or at least a champion of, you know, uh, the, the system police or something, whatever we want to call it. Definitely. Longer term, you think about, and you've had Gino Wickman on your podcast. He wrote a great book called Rocket Fuel, and he talks about the visionary and the integrator. That's the other person who really drives this initiative. Long term, they're going to be the person, that operations manager who takes the role over from you and leads the team and follows system and process and helps to develop it. But even in the short term, shorter than that, if you want to get this started, the first thing you want to think about is who is the systems champion in your business? Who is the person who is already gravitated to process and detail and they're very particular and you know, getting them a copy of systemology and saying, follow this manual. I I want you to systemize our business following this approach. That is critical because the business owner is quite often the worst person in a business to be creating the systems and the processes. It is very common. For me, the the same. And the dirty secret of Michael Gerber, uh, which uh, we talk about Michael in the book, but uh, I learned this. He is the godfather of business systems. And when I've worked with him, I've realized he isn't a systemized person in that he doesn't like creating systems and processes. He is a big picture thinker. He understands the value and the importance of them. And he has his team around them that develop those systems and processes. But he is not a systemized person or creates the systems, which for me was a huge aha moment to say, as a business owner, it's okay if you're not a systemized person. Yeah, I, I know another challenge that the, the what's the China, how's the Chinese proverb go? The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step or something like that. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, look at this and go, yeah you know, we're going to get systems here. And, you know, and then there's all of a sudden you realize, you know, we, we need thousands of them. Yes. <laughs> and, and so then it's like, it's too hard to even start. So, you know, how do you get over that? Because I think most businesses, they've been around for any time. They've got five or six employees. They've got hundreds of customers that, you know, they, you could make a case for thousands of systems. So, you know, yes. how do you, how do you get over that hurdle? And it's also, um, that problem is exacerbated by a lot of the work that has already been done on the topic of systems. So if you look at Six Sigma and Lean, they were all developed for very large businesses with 100 plus staff. And when you apply that methodology to small business, immediately it's overwhelming, it's overkill, 
and just basically stunts any initiative. So you're right. The the way to get started uh, is you first need to, it's the 80-20. We need to identify the 20% of the systems that deliver the 80% of the result. So we have a method called the critical client flow, and it's just about describing the linear journey that the customer and the business goes through to deliver a core product or service. So you, you start off thinking, who's the dream client? You think about what is the central product or service that you would like to sell to that client that is a great introduction to your products and services. And then you you think, just duct tape marketing style. How am I generating business and getting the attention? How am I answering the inquiry? How am I selling? How am I onboarding? How am I delivering? And how am I getting the client to come back or to refer? And getting very clear on that and just focusing on systemizing that first is a great way to turn off all the noise. Don't worry about creating a system for the way that you take out the trash or the way that you hire staff or onboard them. All that sort of stuff can come later. First, let's make sure that your business can consistently make money without key person dependency. Get to that first and then you've got a scalable money machine and business becomes a lot easier. Yeah, that's a really great point because I think what happens to a lot of business owners too is they they really... Um, you know, they get stuck in the business a lot of times uh, because there are certain elements of it they've never uh, been able to figure out how to get somebody else to do. So like you talked about, if, if you're the business owner and you're the one that, that lands all the clients and you're the one that the client has to go to, to you know, to, to get the result, then you're really never going to be free of the business, are you? And that's the reality for most business owners. And that's, I feel for business owners because I was stuck there too for such a long time. Um, I got stuck in a a, um, digital agency for well over 15 years. And it wasn't until the end of my time in that business where I had that moment of, I've got to change. I've got to do something about this because we found out we were pregnant and we were going to have some kids uh, or we ended up having one and then we had another. And I thought, I don't want to be the dad who's always too busy. I know what it's like to be running a business where you're tipping in 70, 80 hours a week. And it's not a great place to be. It You just fall into that and business owners, yeah. they start business to get freedom and then they have anything but freedom. Uh, so uh, systems are the bridge and the gateway. Um, it's just a very tough nut to crack for a lot of business owners because it's not their natural tendency. But everybody knows systems are important and it's time to make them important and urgent and get to it rather than continually deferring. And and there is an easier way to do it. And a lot of the myths and misconceptions you've got are really what's holding you back. I want you to retest those assumptions for systems and processes and give it a go. Online advertising has become an essential part of the puzzle today, but it's tough. It's changing every day. It's hard. It's easy to waste time and money trying to figure out how to get it right. That's why you need some tools in your corner. I love a tool called WordStream. You can get consulting as well as a tool to to, to shave tons of time off to have reporting done for you. If you're an agency, then you've got that problem times 10. You need these tools to help you manage. You need the tools that WordStream offers to help you attract 
even more clients. If you want to benchmark your Google Ads account right now, they've even got a free tool for that. And they've got a great growth academy that's free as well. Check it out at wordstream.com. Online advertising made easy. That sounds nice, doesn't it? All right. So if if somebody's thinking, I, all right, I, I need to do this. You already explained kind of the critical client flow, and I, that might give them a hint at where to start. But do you ever find that there are times when, um, you know, the entire business really needs to be restructured? I mean, part of the reason they can't create systems is because they're just an inefficient business and they are they have the wrong mindset about, you know, how work gets done. Um, I mean, is that um, is that a, a problem that can be solved by systems or is that, uh, you know, break the whole business down kind of thing? 100%. The first thing that you want to do when it comes to systems is at least become aware of their existence. Mm-hmm. So your business is made up of a collection of systems and you've been preaching this for so long, John, that idea that your your marketing is a system. And I say every department in your business sure. is a system. And there are a handful of systems in each department that are critical. It's that 80-20 again. So we talk about the customer journey, but you're right. There are same sort of sets of systems in, you know, your management, your HR, your finance, Mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. So as long as step number one, you need to become aware of them. And then I'm a big believer of because you've tried to systemize before and for whatever reason, you've come to the conclusion that you're not a systemized person, um, that means we need to get someone else to do it and we need to empower them in your team to do it on your behalf. And you as a business owner, you're going to want to make things perfect and retweak it and optimize. So I say, before we get to any of that, let's just capture the best way that things are currently getting done. So find out who is your best salesperson, record what it is that they're doing. And at the very least, let's get everybody up to that standard because you'll get significant improvement by just having consistency and everybody operating to that standard than trying to get it just right or just perfect. I want to get you up to a minimum standard. And then the final stage in the process is actually optimization. That's when you might seek out the consultant. You know, you come work with a duct tape um, marketing consultant Mm -hmm. and they go, hey, show us what you've done. Okay, this is how you're marketing. Okay, well, what we need to do is we need to insert this system, this system, and a referral system, and it's going to change the game for you. But but I say just prior to that, let, let's at least get consistency because most business owners lack consistency. And that's the biggest problem we need to solve first. I wonder how often you, you've walked into businesses and you know they're thinking, we need systems, we need systems. And the truth is, they have a lot of systems. I mean, they're getting stuff done, people, but but those systems, you know, are living in somebody's head, uh, maybe. I mean, my guess is that any company that effectively makes a client happy has some system somewhere, and somehow. So, you know, how do you get those out of, you know, the head? I mean, you, you talked about the, uh, one of your subtitles is Get Pregnant, and I know that that was not not the same thing, but at one point uh, in my organization, I had three uh, women uh, go on maternity leave, uh, overlapping almost at the same time. And boy, did that prove how valuable systems were. 
uh, because we were able to shift things over to other people and whatnot and get and get things done. I wonder how many companies people, you know, have lost that key person, you know, and realized, oh, my God, you know, or half our business just walked out the door because we don't know, you know, how it was getting done. The sad thing is, as well, oftentimes they only realize that when it's too late after the person left. So having that insight now, so as we said, you want to become aware of it. And you're also right, whether or not your system is documented or undocumented, they exist. So... Yeah. It, they, your your staff have a way of doing things. It may just be that it's inconsistent. That the key to understand is just because you're unaware of these systems doesn't right. make you immune to their effects. So you can be mm-hmm. running an unhealthy system. You could not exercise, eat poorly, and live an unhealthy lifestyle. And over a period of time, you will become overweight that is an unhealthy system that delivers the result but you can't mm-hmm. say hey i didn't know that eating maccas and watching lots of netflix and not doing anything was going to make me fat that's that's not going to save you from the result of that system and your business is the same you might be running unhealthy systems and feeling the results you might go i don't have enough leads i don't have enough customers right. i've got annoying customers all of these are just <laughs> the effects of running poor systems and processes. So we just need to become aware of them and then make it easy to get it out of the head of the team member, which leads into step number two in the process. If the first step is to define them and get very clear using the critical client flow, step number two is to go, well, who on the team? We assign and figure out where the knowledge is on the team. And where we can, we try and make it, not the business owner as much as possible. We want to work with the other team members. And then this leads to your question. The next step after that is the extract phase. And again, Mm -hmm. I mean, our work fits together so well because you've been talking about this for years. Like this is just getting comfortable with Loom and recording someone doing a task and then understanding that systems development, it's make it a two-person job. You've got the person who has the knowledge and you record them doing it. And then you might get your systems champion who then watches the video and then pulls out the key bullet points and that becomes your system. And then you end up storing that. So what I've managed to do is I suppose really simplify this idea of, well, where do you get started and how do we make it easy? And because you've been at this game for so long, you've got the different pieces. That's, yeah, that's why I'm a big fan of your work as well. So, so would you say, uh, I mean, could you make a case for saying that systems development at some level is should be part of everybody's job? I mean, just that, that almost like as they're operating the systems, they should be documenting them and, and, then, and then occasionally paying attention to whether or not they work. <laughs> Definitely. I think one of the biggest things to understand and another reason why it fails for so many businesses is they never bridge that gap to the point where the team say, this is how we do things here. When you reach that, that is a change in the culture and the way that the business operates. Ultimately, longer term, you want to be thinking about recruiting systems thinking people. It should be part of your Mm -hmm. recruitment system and your onboarding system, you know, the way that you induct new staff and teach them the way that you're doing things. Um, It is true. Not everybody is, is a systems person. But what we can do is get them to appreciate the benefits of systems and also make it easy for them. 
So everybody can record themselves doing a task. And I think every team member should learn how to record themselves doing a task, even if they never create the documentation, at least record those videos and have a a location where those can be stored and catalogued. So that way, if the person does leave on maternity leave or get sick or whatever, you can still piece together what it is that they're doing and quickly get someone up to speed rather than just having this black hole that, oh, Jane used to do that, but no one actually knows what she was doing. Yeah, and it's... it's kind of an interesting point, uh, but you know we probably should have done this earlier. But um, maybe you could. I mean, if what's it? What is included in a you know accurately documented system um, at, at its simplest, most basic level? I mean, what does it? What does a system look like? Okay, I got a piece of paper now. You know what goes on that thing? Yeah. I always love to start with Loom or a video because that's the yeah. easiest. So let's consider that version right. one. Then. Yep. A system will evolve over time. Now, the the depth at which you go into a system oftentimes depends on how frequently you might be turning over staff or mm. the skill level of a team member. Like if I'm, uh, you know, McDonald's and I want to teach uh, a kid how to flip a hamburger and clean the machine, I'm going to go into probably painstaking detail in every step of the process because I'm recruiting a 15-year-old that doesn't know how to clean their bedroom. But if I'm recruiting a bookkeeper who is familiar with MYOB and they know how to issue out invoices and they know how to reconcile, I'll still have a system, but I might not need to go into as painstaking detail because when I recruit, I'm going to find someone with a certain amount of talent, which gets them up to a certain level. So That's one thing to keep in mind. As far as the makeup of the system, I like to think in terms of uh, you'll have at the top, oftentimes a little overview that explains the system and and the desired outcome. Then Mm -hmm. oftentimes I'll move into the key steps. Over time, we might develop some sub bullet points. Um, We also, towards the end of the system, we might have some, a couple of cross-checking steps where it's a way to go back and confirm that the desired result was got. And then you might combine that with a video or any supporting documentation that might be needed. Maybe it's an email template. Maybe it's a link to a spreadsheet, whatever it is. But I'm a big believer in keeping it simple. And first, simple is enough to get you moving. Later on, we can come back and put the more detail down. And definitely, I I say flowcharts come last don't try and create a flowchart first because usually that's, you know, some systems geek who is using lucid charts and he knows how to use this fancy software and he creates this beautiful flowchart and then the team starts to use it and then very quickly they realize, oh, we need to change this system and process. Now it's bottlenecking anytime we want to make a systems improvement to go back through that systems geek. So we need to first create a simple system, let it grow organically over time. And when we find, oh, this is kind of solidified, then maybe we look to add in, you know, more screenshots and maybe we add in the workflows and, you know, things like that. But it's, yeah. it's simple first. 
I'm a huge fan of checklists. Um, you know, but what I've discovered, and you may you were making this point a little bit that um, even something that is some technology that somebody had never seen before, they don't understand. It's it's almost like they don't need to understand if they how, how it works. You know, they just need to know here are the five steps I need to do. I go here, then I, you know, then I do this. And so what I think it allows you to do is take something where, I don't know, maybe you had to find a hundred hour, hundred dollar an hour person to do it because they had to understand the technology. Now a $25 an hour person can do it because all they have to do is follow the checklist. And there's a real art and science um, between as you grow a business. That's why I love growing businesses because it is an artistic expression almost of the business owner uh, because you also want to find the right balance between having things documented and also hiring great talent because I, I remember mm-hmm. hearing an interview with Reed Hastings who uh, is the guy who runs Netflix and he said oh when we first got you know bitten with the systems bug we systemized everything because we wanted to dummy proof our business and then he said, the only problem was we ended up only being able to recruit dummies. They were the only people who wanted to work here because yeah. he'd gone way too far. So that the, there's a real magic between trying to have enough detail, but not necessarily over-documenting it, and then also having great staff because um, certain tasks you can go down to, you know, what is the lowest cost uh, labor that we can get this thing done, wax on, wax off. But there will be other functions in the business where you'll just want a rock star who yeah. can also come in and deliver. And systems in that scenario is just about giving them guide rails and a framework yeah. to operate in. Yeah, sort of with 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 the overarching uh, theme being make it better. You know, is there you know is there a better way to do it, <laughs> right? As opposed to exactly. just follow the the checklist, yeah, yeah. And then it's that David, thing great. you definitely want to cultivate um, uh, in your organization a team that thinks. You don't want just a bunch of robots that are following blindless blindlessly a system because then the issue happens when what happens when a deviation on the system pops up or something that doesn't quite fit the scenario or maybe the software changes they've changed their interface and now you've completely broken the system uh whereas if you had more of the the rules and you had a someone who was thinking well now they can then do the workaround and solve it because not not everything necessarily can be broken down into that painstaking detail uh, and followed every single time that way. Sometimes there are things, but oftentimes it, it doesn't always happen that way and things change. Speaking with David Jennings, he's the author of Systemology. So David, thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and uh, hopefully uh, we'll run into each other uh, next time people actually go out there on the road. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, John. <laughs>